Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 66. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. We are here this week to once again bring you the latest and greatest in all that is Apple and Macintosh. Of course, we're here. We're dedicated to those of you who are brand new Mac users, those of you who are on the fence about getting a Mac, and for those of you who have been waiting for a little while until they refresh things, uh, we have some news for you. Chris, what's new, man? Well, uh, the day after our show last week, they came out with all new uh, iMacs and Mac Minis. And also new Mac Pro. Oh, yeah, and, and Mac Pro. I forgot about that one. It, pretty much they refresh, refresh the entire line of, or, or at least something at each each level of Mac computing. Yeah, they bumped up the uh, the MacBook Pro, too, but it was like a real minor bump. So Yeah. So, so do you want to share with us any of the news uh, related to any of this? Now, did, is it me or did the actual price point on the Mac Mini move up? No, they didn't, I don't think. I think okay. if they did, it was a high-end moved up. But I, I think the prices stayed the same. So they were, they're, they're still as expensive as they ever were. Right. So, which is, honestly, folks, it's not a bad deal for for the price of getting into a Mac computer. I, I think it must be the the change over in the UK. I think in the UK it's a hundred dollars more. Yeah, but you know what though? I mean, we're saying that they're cheap for a Mac, but really, if you go pure hardware and compare this to any other manufacturer, they're way overpriced. I mean, they're six hundred bucks for a two gigahertz core, uh, two duo gig of RAM, hundred twenty gig hard drive. I I'm kind of disappointed. I you know these systems should honestly be selling for. You know, a hundred bucks to one hundred and fifty bucks cheaper. I think. Yeah, I would agree that they should be a little cheaper. But the one thing that they have that is not comparable to any other machine you can get out there would be OS X. That's true. So, That's true. so you consider how much does a copy of OS OS X run? Um, if you were buying one hundred twenty nine dollars for one machine or one hundred ninety nine for five machines. Okay, so one hundred twenty nine dollars. So that's one hundred thirty dollars of the price right there. Mm-hmm. So if you knock that off, and then you put Windows on on the machine, well, you figure you pretty much got that other machine anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No, seriously though, I I think it's a great price point for for entry level into it. I, I wish they would give you. What are they coming with as standard now for the five forty nine price as far as RAM? A gig, just one gig. Mm-hmm. See if they would if they would have thrown it in. You know, give you two gig of RAM and and just. I I think two gig of RAM makes the Mac Mini an awesome machine. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a cool machine. If I had one, I would probably use it for. Um, you know, like a media PC, I wouldn't use it as a desktop system. If I'm going to get a desktop system, I would get that brand new, sweet, uh, 24 inch iMac that they just released. Right. And, uh, of course I use it as a desktop, but only for one purpose. And so it didn't make any sense for me to go out and get an iMac for something I'm only going to use to stream video over the internet, internet with. Yeah. Check, check this out, man, real quick for, for 50, for 50, (laughs) easy for for you to say, I know for, uh, Fifteen hundred dollars, twenty-four inch iMac, two point six six gigahertz Intel Core 2 Duo, four gigs of RAM, six hundred and forty gigabyte hard drive, and it's got the NVIDIA G4, uh, the NVIDIA GeForce ninety four hundred M graphics, which isn't like the high end graphics, but still pretty awesome. And that's, I think, that's a, a not a bad deal at all. Very cool. And how much RAM does that come with? Four gig. Four gig of RAM for fifteen hundred. Yeah. That's not bad. No, no, uh, you know, o- over a half a terabyte of hard drive space too. The only but hard the drive o- space is cheap, so yeah. The only thing I don't like about the iMac is, I don't know. I'm just not the type of person who wants my monitor to be tied to my computer. Yeah, that that's, yeah. that for me that's the biggest drawback. Because yeah, I can't I can't use that monitor for anything else if I decide to upgrade. Exactly, and and I'm sitting here thinking, okay. That that computer is going to be great right now, but three years from now, it's not going to be great. 
No. I'm going to I'm going to want to upgrade to something else and of course that the cost of that monitor the the you know that's what well in Apple style that's about 4 or 500 dollars of the cost right there and yeah. I would, I'd much prefer to have like an iMac system in a Mac mini box or or even something you know a Mac medium box yeah people have been begging for that headless iMac for a long time because the Mac mini is too underpowered the Mac Pro is way overpowered the iMac is perfect for as far as hardware specs but just let me have a machine with those specs but without the box exactly you know I'll still pay 800 bucks for it or 900 bucks but give me you know make, let me get my own monitor exactly that yeah. and that's what i'm saying and, and not only that but give it the ability to have dual monitors on it as well mm-hmm. while you're at it and that way you could have two side-by-side identical looking monitors right in front of you in all its glory yay that'd be cool so so are you excited are you has this caused you to say hmm is it the time for a new mac no no do you know anybody that's <laughs> Heard this and said, "Well, now I'm going to go get a Mac." Uh, no, most of the people I know um, were really waiting for the laptop update. Gotcha. I mean, really, a, a, a big, big bulk of, of Apple's sales are laptops, and really, that's kind of across the board as far as the industry as a whole. Most computer makers' sales now are coming from laptops, not from desktops, and that's because these these processors that are in these laptops, these Core Two Duo chips, are fast and they're awesome. And you know, if I can get performance really, really close to I can't to, that I can get with a desktop, I'm going to get a laptop because I can take it with me. Right. You, you know, I mean, just Johnny consumer. You know, me, I, I like having a desktop, but I don't have one. Right. Well, you and I went through this phase a while ago that we kind of both kind of regretted the the MacBook option and and op- were opting that we wish we had an uh, iMac. Yeah. Well, I always wish I had another Mac. all righty so anyway let's uh see what else is going on uh more netbook rumors tell us what's going on there uh yeah uh, there seems to be and i had the news story pulled up um yeah uh taiwan-based manufacturer wintech has supposedly been selected to produce touchscreens for the still theoretical netbook which uh, the Digital Times corroborates with the following quote from another publication called the Commercial Times. The Commercial Times uh, correctly predicted the iPhone before it was released. And they say, quote, WinTech revealed that it's currently working with Apple to develop some new products, but it does not know what the applications, the new products are for. So they're, working, they're, they're making a touchscreen that's a certain size, obviously bigger than the iPhone, for a purpose that they're not quite sure for yet. Gotcha. You know, every single Monday evening at 7.12 p.m., my PC, XP PC-based Windows system has a thing that pulls up, Apple Software Update. <laughs> New software is available from Apple, and I always have to click quit. I wish there's a way to turn that off. <laughs> I, I think there is. Is there? Yeah, let me look real quick. System preferences, uh, system. This is, this is on the PC now. Oh, yeah, I can't, I can't help you there. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, well. Sorry, sorry. Just because I installed that goofy iTunes on here. No, I'm just kidding. I, I have to have iTunes <laughs> to walk people through and show them how to do stuff. Yeah. So so anyway, um, do you think there's going to be a netbook? Man, I hope so. I, I Of course, it's going to be out of the price range that I want. You know, Right now, I, I'm eyeing those... MSI Wind laptops. I think those are those netbooks. I think they're sweet. And um, you know, those I would love to get one of those. Of course, I'm not. I'm not going to drop three or three or four hundred dollars down to get one. But right. Um, yeah, the the price point has to be around there, or, or you know, I wouldn't get one. Gotcha. Uh, just in the just so you know, we got Tommy in the chat room. It looks like his brother is in the chat room. His little brother Jonathan. So welcome, Jonathan. To the chat room, I see that George... I saw Jonathan. I got all excited. I thought it was Jonathan Colton. <laughs> and then uh, I also see that we have Scott from Scotland and George in the chat room as well. So I want to say welcome to everybody in the chat room. Sweet. I love Scotland. I've never been there, but I've always wanted to go. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to going there myself. So let's see here. We've talked about the new Mac Mini. We talked about the refreshes of all these systems. doesn't seem like I've seen anybody jumping out of their chairs to you know head to the Apple Store just yet. 
No, the, now the, the, the Mac Pros are using that new Intel Nehalem processor, which I guess was invented with Black Magic or something. It's got the ability to kind of overclock itself. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's a pretty awesome chip. Now, you have to actually write applications specifically for utilizing multiple cores and stuff like that. So we're probably not going to see the benefits of this chip for another few months, but it's pretty sweet. Very cool. So I want to do um, talk about this Cydia store. What, what's going on in the jailbroken community? Well, <laughs> Cliff, I, I, this weekend, uh, I go through cycles, my friend. And uh, this weekend I was bored, so I I, uh, I may or may have not jailbroken my iPhone. I'm not going to confirm nor deny it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's Cydia or it's C Y D I A. How you want to pronounce that? Cydia. That's the installer application for jailbroken iPhones. If if you jailbreak your iPhone and you want to install an application, that's the program you use. Really, that's kind of become the de facto standard for. rogue non-apple approved applications and they're kind of throwing the glove down saying you know what we're going to make our own app store for people who want to make applications that didn't get approved from apple or or are not going to get approved from apple you know things like video recorders and cool stuff like that they're going to make a a cedia store that you can pay a buck through amazon or through paypal and you can grab the application or the code for the application awesome so let me ask you this how do they avoid getting sued by apple uh, there it, it's a it's just a matter of time. When you start putting in money, you know, taking money for things, that's that's going to be uh you know the 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 thing that's going to cause an issue with Apple. You know, they're they're turning the their eyes on them now. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. So, but basically, the whole idea here is that people who have an application in the jailbroken community can now charge money for it. Yeah, there has already been a couple companies that have been charging money themselves. Uh, the program IntelliScreen costs like, I think it's like 10 or 20 bucks for the application, and you get a code, and you unlock the code through right. that. So, Gotcha. Yeah, yeah it's uh, very interesting. The, the, one of the interesting things that it, it, never surpri- it never surprises me or never not surprises me what kind of applications I can find uh, theoretically with a jailbroken phone. Uh, one of them that I just saw was a broadcast application for Ustream.tv where I could take a jailbroken iPhone and broadcast right to Ustream and hold polls and all sorts of stuff. Really? Have you tried or have you theoretically tried that? <laughs> I have not theoretically tried it. Uh, another thing that they have on there is something called XGPS, which is a turn-by-turn with voice GPS uh, software. Now is so this is in is that the next story that you have in the uh, show notes here? No, but that's a good segue. Wonderful. We are seeing the iPhone's first turn-by-turn navigation app and it's real. <laughs> it's legit. It's in the store. It's called Xroads G Map and uh the way they do it in in um Garmin and a lot of companies do this too that you know, when you buy like a TomTom, they give you the base map, but if you want to get like the west coast or the east coast or something specific they charge you a little bit more for that and it's got more detail and things and things called poi points of of interest and stuff like that well gmap is twenty dollars per half the united states so if you want the eastern half which includes um you know ohio and kentucky where we both live right it's twenty dollars and if you want from like the Mississippi all the way to California, it's another twenty dollars. Right. Yeah, it's huge. It's a nine hundred megabyte application. That's not bad. I mean, no. for, yeah, for I turn mean, by turn GPS. Exactly. Now, is this? You said this is reviewed somewhere online so that we can see maybe some video of it in action or anything. Yeah, Gizmodo has the story actually. If you if you go to Gizmodo. All right. Well, let's uh, go to Gizmodo real quick here. And uh, I'm reading here at. The uh, not every street is labeled. Now this is a new application, so obviously they'll they'll update it and stuff. You actually have to actually use turn by turn sometimes, but it doesn't have any voices to guide you. No but, voices. Yeah, not yet. Very clear, accurate, uh, understandable direction. Cool 3D renderings of highway exchanges. Really nice UI. I saw a video of it. Very very cool how it works. And what's sweet about it is unlike most GPSs. Uh, you know, if I buy a TomTom or if I buy a Garmin, they're not connected to the internet at all times. This is so. If there's a new point of interest, 
or in theory, let's say there's like some construction happening. If if GMAP users now, I don't think they 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 can do this yet. But if GMAP users can mark, hey, there's an accident on the highway. Everybody who's using that could get that information in real time and find out that there's an accident, and it would automatically reroute you. That is pretty awesome if, if they're able to do that. Absolutely, and. You know, uh, I was just recently down in Nashville, Tennessee for a podcasting conference I spoke at. Mm-hmm. And while I was down there, I stayed with a friend of mine that I met last year. And he lives in a brand new uh, subdivision. And my GPS in my car, I have a Garmin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably about three years old. I'm too cheap to go and update the maps in it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so They're expensive, man. GPS maps are pricey. I, I I haven't even looked. Even if it was nine ninety nine, I just <laughs> I, I I bought a map pack for my handheld Garmin. I haven't even installed it yet, and it was uh, I think seventy bucks. That's just crazy. So so here's the deal. I went down there and uh, I went to punch in his address, and of course it says not found. So I just basically set my Garmin to say you know send me to Nashville, Tennessee, and I just cho- chose some random street downtown. And when I got about, uh, I knew that he was just south of Lexington, and or Lexington, south of uh, Nashville. And so when I just got north of Nashville, I went ahead and pulled out my iPhone and went into Google Maps, and, or yeah, Google Maps on the application. I went in and told it to search for his address because Google Maps is what? It's completely up to date all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So all I did was I, I went in and punched in his address. It pulled it up, showed a little pin, and I, I said, uh, d- uh, get directions. And it went and it got directions, and it showed you know my current location on, on one pin, and it showed his location on another pin, and it showed you know the line and the highways and the roads uh, traced out for me. It wasn't turn by turn, but I sit there and I just kept my iPhone open, and I watched my pin stay on the little blue uh, route line. And when I got to the exit, you know, closer to his house, I started to just zoom in, and it was it was just as good as any turn by turn. Only it didn't it didn't uh, give me the audio prompts, if you will. Ah, uh, okay. So th- that worked perfect for me. I had no problem at all. Got drove right up to his house and had no issues. Cool. Very cool. That is very cool. All right. So user questions. We got two phone calls and an email. Let's see here. Do you want to look up the email while I pull up the phone calls real quick? Sure. And I will read the email. All right. As soon as I can find it here. No problem. Okay, here we go. This is from Randy. And he says, I've recently been watching your help. I got a Mac show. And I was interested in Mac technology. I just purchased a used iBook G4. And I noticed in opening it shows a screen with a question mark with two icons facing each other smiling. Considering I bought it used and didn't know exactly what I was getting, no software came with it, and I did find the command option OF. When I hold the keys down and start up with open firmware, I get the message that says it's okay in the continue booting type Mac boot. I do that and press return, and it takes me to the same question mark. I also did command option PR and reset all and still the same. I didn't know if you could cover something like this in your podcast or not. Anyway, any direction would help now. And... What that normally means is it can't find uh, – this is an old uh, carryover from uh, open firmware. And open firmware used to be the thing that, that booted all the power PC-based systems. Okay. Especially all the older ones, you know, anything really like G5 and below. And what this means is it can't find anything to boot from. Uh, the question mark saying, hey, you know what, I'm trying to find the, the, the Finder program. And the Finder is and, – and anytime you hear someone talk about Finder, that's that little face with the two faces kind of built into it that are – that are facing each other. That's called Finder. And what it's saying is that, hey, I can't find any, any bootable areas. I'm looking on my optical drive. I'm looking at the hard drive, I think, and I can't find anything. So what he needs to do and what I told him to do is to put in, if, he's, if, if he can get a copy of Tiger or Leopard or you know even OS 9, uh, any, any legacy Mac operating system, just put that in there, and it'll it'll find it and automatically boot up. And he should be able to try to install the operating system. He could also hook up a FireWire drive. It'll find the FireWire drive. It's basically searching everywhere where it can boot, which is FireWire, the optical uh-huh. drive, which is your CD-ROM drive or DVD drive, or a hard drive. And he said he downloaded uh, Ubuntu for uh, PowerPC, which is free from Ubuntu.com. 
And uh, he said that came up just fine. So he's going to try to get uh, some Mac OS 10 discs. So that's what it was. Very cool. Awesome and always fun to help people. So that all of that was way over my head. So if anybody is out there and your head is spinning, don't worry about it. Here, let me simplify it. The, he turned on his system. It couldn't find um, Mac OS to, to boot to. And that's the air screen it comes up with. And he put in a disk that it can boot from and it came up okay. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> that I understand. <laughs> All right. Let's go to our first caller of the evening. And uh, I'm not sure who it is, but uh, here we go. Hi, Cliff. This is Murphy from Louisiana. And today's call is about for the uh, help. I have a Mac uh, podcast. I just recently bought the uh, new MacBook Pro. And uh, the 15 inch with four gigs of RAM and the uh, the bigger processor and a bigger hard drive. I really, really love it. Now I wish that I would have been a, a, a Mac person a long time ago. My question is: I'm an IT administrator for a uh, for a big uh, media company, and I need to be able to um, map to certain drives, and they are set up by IP addresses. And I've used the Go feature to go map to some of my some of my servers, but these these are terabyte drives that are um, actually network terabyte drives. They're not like USB or FireWire or anything like that. Uh, is there a way that I can map to those? I've tried to, with the Go feature and was uh, un- unsuccessful. Maybe you and Chris can actually tell me a way to uh, to map to them. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Chris. What do you think? Can you map to those network drives? In theory, he should he's doing the right thing. He should be able to go to to go connect to server, and then he's he he needs to try two different things. One is just to put in the IP address of whatever that that network attached drive is. Um, all network attached drives have an IP address. All all computers connected to a network have something called an IP address, which is uh, a series of numbers that basically just tell other things on the network what it is, you know, right, or where and, it is, or where it is, yeah. And you know what what network it's going to do. Well, the, he could be. Uh, uh, there's something called Samba, and what Samba is. Uh, this is really inside baseball, kind of over over you know a, a beginner's head. So I'll just uh, I'll, I'll keep it short. Samba is something that allows Macs and and other kinds of operating systems that aren't Windows to talk to Windows based drives. Some of those network detached drives use Samba, so he might want to try SMB for Samba, colon, slash, slash, the IP address of the hard drive. The other thing you might want to try is just to put in the IP address of the hard drive right into that field there where the address is. If you can't do that and it's still not working, I would recommend uh, going to the Apple discussion board, uh, support.apple.com, and and post your question there. There's a lot of super nerds that make me look like I'm in elementary school that should be able to help you out. Awesome. All right, moving on to our next question. Hey, Cliff. This is John from Houston, Texas. I'm calling about the Help I Got a Mac uh, podcast. I um, just want to leave you some feedback on your uh, recent episode. You are talking about the uh, the iPhone and how you've got the geocaching uh, official application for Groundspeak. We're using that to uh, to uh, go geocaching, and, and that, that's all that's all great and everything, but I was trying to find a way that you could actually put... Uh, you know, a deeper way that you could put, um, you know, an actual Mac to use with geocaching. And I found this software called Mac Caching, M-A-C-C-A-C-H-I-N-G, Mac Caching, that allows you to, um, if you have a, a, a unit that's not your iPhone 3G that um, you're using for geocaching, say it's a, a Garmin GPS or a, um, a DeLorme uh, GPS, if you have one of those two, you're you're able to if you're a member of um, you know geocaching and you pay that premium membership you can get your your uh, cache sent directly to your uh, GPS unit and it's able to interface with um, you know with the Mac with the Macintosh operating system a whole lot better than um, any other previous softwares and it also allows you to you know to, to mess around with your data if you want to be able to uh, you know filter out so many you know I don't want to do uh, higher than two-star terrains that day, or if I don't want to do anything that's um, above a difficulty of three, you know, then um, you can you can do that. You can play around with your data and kind of, you know, customize your your caching experience using that software um, a whole lot a whole lot easier. 
you know, I just wanted to um, let you know about that, kind of help you out if you're um, down in the future for your caching experiences. Anyway, I appreciate your uh, podcast and um, help you from you. All right, thanks. Thank you so much for that feedback and the application he's talking about is Mac Casher and uh, sounds like something that might be interesting for somebody who is really hardcore into to caching and filtering and stuff. I, I've heard other people mention that there was software out there and that's probably one of the, the main ones I guess that, that would be out there. So very, very cool. I, personally, I found the, the iPhone application to be quite useful but uh i can certainly see for for some folks out there so if you're interested and you're out there caching it, it's definitely something to check out yeah it's like 15 bucks too so exactly so there we go and then we have one other call believe it or not chris this is an Sweet. old call oh okay hi cliff hi chris um my name is wayne i'm in houston texas and i'm calling about show number 65 and help i've got a mac um, you had mentioned, uh, one of you had mentioned that uh, during the migration assistant use, that if you didn't have a firewire, or if you had uh, one of the new MacBooks, you'd be out of luck because of the firewire. Um, the MacBook, the uh, standard MacBook, yes, that would be true. You can use Ethernet to take care of that. If you've got one of the um, MacBook Pros 15 or 17 with just the MacBook 8, excuse me, just the FireWire 800 port, um, they do have the... Uh, FireWire 800 to FireWire 400 adapter cables available at MacSales.com, OWC, uh, for under 10 bucks. So that would make it just as easy uh, to do it with, with the uh, FireWire cable versus setting up a network. Uh, if you wanted to do that, you could still use the Mac and Target disk with the FireWire cable. I uh, just thought I'd give you that information. Hope that helps. And uh, keep up the good shows. Alrighty, and so uh, if, yeah, if, if you've got an opportunity to do your transfer over FireWire, do it. It's always faster. Absolutely. So last time, I think somebody called and asked if there was a screen capture utility, and we had talked about using sh- Command Shift three, Command Shift four. I think one of our uh, audience uh, members in the chat room last time said, you know, ch- check out Skitch. They absolutely love it. So Skitch is an option, and I was just looking through the show no- or th- through the uh, Help I Got a Mac section of the forum over at gspn.tv slash forum, by the <laughs> way. Uh, Kylie says that, uh, or no, it wasn't Kylie. It was, ah, there it is. Jeff Gentry says in OS X uh, 10.5.6, which was that one? Was uh, that- 10.5.6 is the one that's right now. Okay. He says there's a cool app under utilities called Grab.app. So I've not heard of that. Have you? Grab.app is basically uh, Shift Command F3, Shift Command 4. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> it's just the shortcuts for those. Very cool. We'll see. There you go. Yeah, grab grab the actual application, grab. You, you can draw, you can kind of have a box ahead of time and or or the full like let's say I just want to take a picture of you know my Firefox window it'll just take a picture of the window itself so it, it can do a little bit more than just you know shift command three or four but those those two commands are, are essentially grab very cool all right and then uh, as far as an iPhone application before I get to the the one that has just radically changed my life yes I am not kidding I it has radically changed my life. Uh, I, I do want to give an update on Sheepstacker. <laughs> uh, where's it at? Oh my gosh, let me uh, let me get to the right place because it is hilarious. Now, do, did I give you like my updated um, my updated score a couple weeks back or last episode? Uh, yeah, I can't remember what it was though. All right, here we go. I, I found. I think the, you got this. You think you got the space or something, right? Yeah, I got the space. Uh, so basically, we started out with this, and I had ninety sheep stacked on the sh- uh the sheep stacker game, and then of course uh, Stephen Cross uh, and his wife uh, went to work right away to try to beat me, and so th- of course it didn't take them very long to stack up one hundred and twenty six sheep. And it took me forever. And I'm not talking like hours of my life I'll never get back. But finally, I was able to update mine and send a screenshot. And I'm looking, I'm scrolling to it. 141 sheep stacked. 
And do you know what happened? Um, let's see. That was, I posted that on March. Uh, let's see here. Actually, I had 116. Or no, Winnie had 116. Then I had 141, which was on March 2nd. And then on March 4th, Winnie got 183 sheep stacked. <laughs> 183. And if you guys have no idea what we're talking about with Sheep Stacker, uh, you definitely need to go to the iPhone app store and just do a search for Sheep Stacker, one word. Uh, or it might be two words, but I'm almost positive it's one word. But uh, Sheep Stacker, it is $1.99, I think, and absolutely worth it. Tons of fun. No, doesn't matter what your age is. And I'm not being paid to say that by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> However, I will tell you that the designers of the games are gspn.tv plus members. Yes. And uh but that doesn't I mean if if it weren't totally awesome, I would just uh tell them it was cool and and just not mention anything. But it's really cool, so I mention it a lot. Uh, real quick, um with with I just want to talk about something real quick. Okay. I got something I would like to get off my chest. No. Um when when you're a new Mac user, um one of the things that people have say, hey, I got all this Windows software and I want to be able to use it on my Mac. And we, we talked about in the past that there's different options for doing that. One is using Boot Camp, which comes built into uh, Mac OS X. What you can do is if you have a copy of Windows, you can restart your machine and decide to load Windows up and then use it. The other options are to run a piece of software. And there's two types of software. There's Parallels and then there's something called VMware Fusion. Okay. And there's just been a big shootout uh, by MacTech, which is a uh, MacTech.com. And there's always been this debate: which 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 of those two products are faster, VMware Fusion or Parallels? And for the while there, I was saying VMware Fusion, but they ran a, a whole bunch of tests, and it looks like in most cases, Parallels runs 14 to 20 percent faster in Fusion. So uh, if you're des- if you're deciding which one to get, uh, Parallels is is definitely the the solution to get. It looks like. Very cool. I, I personally want to get to the point where I, I, I keep saying I'm going to do this, but I would love nothing more than to scrap my parallels and go to boot camp and install my XP on boot camp. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just tired of doing it virtually. It just I just don't get enough resources, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. And yeah, prepare, especially if you uh, play games or, or just want like the whole raw power of your video card, Parallels isn't going to do it for you. Well, see, it's not the video card. I, I need the whole whole raw power of my processor. The processor, yeah. And, and the RAM because I want to I wanna do some compressing of audio on it. Mm, okay. Yeah, so anyway, maybe one day. Of course, I haven't used, I have not used Parallels Windows XP on my MacBook in like forever. So how easy for it is for me to blow away the entire installation on just, Parallels? You just drag it to the trash. Seriously? Yeah. All right. I might just do that. And uh, <laughs> how easy is it to set up boot camp on Leopard? Um, you just make sure you have your Leopard disk because when you boot, when you create the partition, what, what it does is it takes your hard drive, it's inside your computer, yep, and splits it into two. Right. Not physically, but you know metaphorically speaking here. Um, and you can decide how much of a, of a chunk you want to give Windows, and that's going to be taken away from your from your Mac. So you decide to do that, and it does some voodoo and makes that happen. And then it says, okay, put in your Windows installation disk. And you have to have, for anybody who's asking, you have to have a real Windows XP or Vista installation disk. You can't have like your restore disk that came with your e-machines or something. That's not going to work. Right. And you put that in, and you hit the button and it reboots. It'll boot off that disk. It'll ins, you know, you'll go through the install process. And then when Windows comes up, you'll put in, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll eject the disk. Now you can't eject it with the eject key because Windows doesn't know what the eject key is. So you have to go in through the menus and click eject and all that stuff. Then you'll put in your Leopard disk into the, into the Mac and it will automatically start the process of, of installing all the drivers for you. And then it'll also install install um, Apple, Apple software update, and there'll be a couple updates for like you know video card drivers and the like, like you know that kind of stuff. But then everything works. I mean, the 
the eyesight camera, two finger scrolling, two finger right click, the eject key, all, all the keys up top for the the brightness and the if you have a backlit keyboard, your keyboard, you know, brightness and your sound, all that stuff will work right in there. Really? Mm-hmm. Dude, why haven't I done this earlier? No idea. I, I I am so gonna do that. I, I I just have to, and that way I'll have an extra. I, I'll have an an edit uh, an audio editing program or system to play with. Now let's see here. Let me just check real quick here. I've got my MacBook in front of me, and uh, I am going to find out somewhere how how what's the easiest way for me to find out how much memory I have on here. Uh, go to the Apple Apple, and then go to about this Mac about this Mac. Uh-huh. And then more info? Or no? No, it'll tell you right there. All right. Uh, it is, well, it's telling me that I have how much RAM, and it tells me... Oh, you speed. want a hard drive space. I'm yeah. sorry. Do, do you have your hard drive icon on your desktop? I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, you can go more info if you want to. That'll open up the system profiler. All right. And then where would it be? Uh, under, yes. No, just burning hardware... Raid memory. I bet you it's under memory. Bank. No, that's uh, RAM. Check under ATA or serial ATA. You'll see something like that. ATA. There, there might be some. Nothing. Go to serial ATA under hardware. Serial ATA. Got it. All right. And capacity is 111 gigabytes and i'm looking for available mine is 232.89 all right available i have 25 gigs out of my 111 eek how much did you how much do you have i have 232 and then i have 100 gigs free okay so i have 111 taken now of course when i erase that um all that stuff off of there that'll free up some gigs i can probably clear out some other stuff i'm thinking i probably how much operating or how much space do you think a windows xp install takes uh about four about four gigs i'm thinking about creating this thing and just giving it like 10 gigabytes of space yeah that should be fine because you have you have to actually give it a set amount of space on the drive right Uh uh-huh so i wonder if 10 would work 10, 10 should be fine for XP. If it was Vista, I would say you want you know twenty or more. Okay, I, I'll, I think I'm going to do that, and I'm going to set it up with ten, and, because the only thing I'm going to do is is I'm going to just process audio files on it. That's the only thing I've ever done with it in in uh, parallels, and and to be honest with you, it's just so slow and wonky that uh, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Alrighty, and and of course, did you say that if I have it boot camp set up, that I can still parallels into it? Uh, Did I hear that? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. If you set up bootcamp, you can you can use that in parallels or VMware. Either one. Very cool. So I'll have to check that out. Hey, I've got to uh, remind me not to end this podcast without telling you about the iPhone app that's changed my life. So, but before I do that, I I looked in here and I saw in the show notes section for episode sixty five. Uh, let me yes. get, let me give credit to John in our in our in the forum who gave us a post to the link where Steve Wozniak is re- rehearsing for Dancing for the Star, Dancing with the Stars. So let me click this and see if there's any audio that's worth listening to here. Uh, first, I think it uh, it appears that there might be a, um, a commercial, which Chris is hearing right now. We're not because I've muted the board. I'm not hearing anything either. Oh, you're not? Okay. Healthcare. Okay, here Five, we go. Six, seven, eight, one. Oh my gosh, does he look funny? Man, I love Steve. He's such a nerd. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, they want the link in the chat room. Let me get that. Here we go. So do you think so do you think they're gonna rig the voting? 
I hope so. I want to see him go to the end, man. Wouldn't that be awesome if they, if all the geeks got together? Don't mess with the nerds. <laughs> well, he's definitely trying. I mean, there, there's no question about that. He'll uh, he'll probably ha he'll probably be on a Segway. Well, that's like five. Uh, there's five minutes of this video. Oh, he's talking. Okay. And you would be facing the side where the judges are. I mean, I'm totally cool with that if you want to do that. He's got well, he's got shorts on with black dress socks so and this, black shoes. We can nice. even play it off where you like this and I'm like. Oh. You know, I never. Oh, yeah, I can I can look your way, man. It doesn't make. It's not too bad for you to look your way, actually. Anyway. Exactly. And I'm looking for your cue, and then I'm trying to sense a two-beat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll do that. <laughs> okay. Six, yeah. seven, one, two. Yeah, so anyway, folks, um, I'll tell you what I'll do Six, right now. Seven, Let me go ahead and hit one. stop on that. Uh, what I'm going to do is I am actually pulling that link, and I'm going to also put it in show notes uh, for this episode, which is 66. Steve. Steve. So is I think that is it finally on tonight? When does this show come on or has it? It starts it starts tonight, yeah. Okay, so I, and I here, here's the thing. He's gonna be he's gonna be goofy. He's gonna oh, yeah. be dirty. He's gonna be awkward. But guys, keep in mind, he invented the personal computer. Yeah. He invented it. I mean the personal computer before Steve Wozniak was something called the the all the Altair Mitts. And it was a series of like ten switches and lights. And that was it, guys. No keyboard, no display, no nothing. You built this kit, and you flipped a bunch of switches, and that was all. Steve was like, hey, let's put a keyboard on it. Let's hook a display up to it so we can see what's going on. This guy invented it, man, and he, he's awesome. He's a genius. The guy has my utmost respect. I, I think he's a cool dude. I'd love to hang out with him. And I'm, He's one of those guys that if you, if you saw him out on the street, he's totally approachable and would love talking to anybody who, who will listen. Awesome. So here's here's the, the the other thing that's interesting about him is that didn't he used to before he did that back in the day didn't they used to do scamming on the phone systems? Oh yeah, he 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 designed something called a blue box, which yes. uh, which back in the day, back when Ma Bell was controlling everything. I mean, everybody had a Bell phone. It was owned by Bell. You couldn't go to a store and buy a phone. They were really really crude how they worked if you if you wanted to go long distance it would it would beep a series of of touch tone sounds really really fast into the into the system well they figured out how to build those uh, from a guy named captain crunch and basically they could do something called jumping trunks which they could they could put in a phone number and then hit these keys on this blue box and and jump to other exchanges all over the all over the world they they called the pope for free one time and acted like they were um Oh, I can't remember his name, but they acted like they were, uh, you know, a politician or something, and you know, and they they were selling these, which, which which makes things like jailbreaking and stuff all the more ironic because Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak were selling devices back before, right before they started Apple, to illegally make long distance telephone calls. Yep. So it, it's just it's just funny the irony. Well, of it all, and know? and the irony is that the the system for voting for Dancing with the Stars is dialing a phone number or sending text messages. Yeah, and yes. I I would I would so love to see a massive, gigantic, huge attack on their systems to scam it to where he he just continues to win and win and win. Yeah, Steve also uh, used to own something called a. Uh, it was a basically like an answering machine. This was back in the seventies, and you'd call it, and it would be a joke. And it was a. It was called dial a joke. And every day he would change the recording with a different joke, and you know people would call in all the time, you know, to to get his jokes. It's just the guy's like just a a big teddy bear, fun loving kind of dude, you know. Yeah. So, Very cool. Like okay. I said, read read the book I was if you want to learn more about him and. It's a great, it's a great book. Uh, now, somebody's in the chat room says, uh, "Have you seen uh, votewaz.com? V o t w o z dot com. I have not seen it yet. Have you? No, I'm going to it right now. Oh, here's an interview. It sounds like, looks like. So let me hit this. I hope everywhere in the little computer world, the people that use Macintoshes for creative work, <laughs> for video work, for photography, that they're all rooting for me. They're going to watch. I hope they're going to vote too. And and uh, uh, it means a lot. 
What a nice pink shirt he's got on in that video. Heck yeah, man. It's like silk or, or rayon or something. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Vote Waz, people. Vote Waz. Poor Waz. He's next to this real pretty girl, too. Yeah. <laughs> So, awesome. so anyway, uh, what, okay. So do you want to guess what iPhone application has radically changed my life? Sure. Then guess. I was uh, asking if you wanted to uh, guess. Oh, uh, can, can I have a clue? Nope. What, what app has changed your life? It's a brand new iPhone application came out since the last time we spoke. Hold on, hold on. Give me a second here. Let me think. I'm thinking with my mind. Can I get like three guesses? No. You, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have three guesses. Okay, okay. but there, okay. but you have to close your eyes now. You cannot look at the chat room. I'm not looking at the chat room. Is it Tap Forms? Nope. No. Okay. Is it uh, Zenbound? Nope. Uh, Wordfoo? No. Yeah, that's All your right. three. iPhone for the Kindle. Oh yeah, I should have. Or Kindle it. for the iPhone is. That's actually. right. I kept reading your tweets about. I walked four miles today and I read my book. It was, yeah, I, I've got, I've got it. I got it for my phone. I don't know if I'd use it though, man. Well, here, let me tell you um, a couple things that for those who are listening to help, I got a Mac. First of all, it's a free application. Download it and at least try it. Okay, everybody, just download it and at least try it. It's absolutely free to to try. Then you go to on your computer. You can't. You can do this. On your iPhone, I'd suggest not. I'd suggest go to your browser on your desktop or your MacBook or whatever or, or your PC and go to uh, Amazon.com slash Kindle store. Now, the, uh, we're not paid by Amazon. We're not paid by Apple. We're not paid by anybody except for our Plus members, which I encourage you to go over to gspn.tv slash Plus and please check us out. And if you would like to sponsor the show now. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to sponsor. It's, it's send us some free Kindles. Yes. Please send us a Kindle. But anyway, go to uh, uh, Amazon.com slash Kindle store. And one of the things that you'll see is that you can, you can um, get every single book that Amazon sells for the Kindle. The first chapter for free. Yeah. It's really, it's really cool. Um, I got a chapter from... I think it was the, gosh, it was the Abraham Lincoln book. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was like uh, the, I can't remember. Anyway, you, you can choose which device. So if you have a Kindle or you have an iPhone or, or if you have an iPod Touch even, you can register it with the Kindle service and it says, okay, which one do you want to send this to? And it'll automatically send it. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it, is, it is really awesome how it works. Tommy says in the chat room, he says, I didn't think I would use it. Uh, either, but I've read four, four books since, and uh, that I couldn't get at the library. Yeah, and what what's cool about the Kindle books is that, as far as books go, even new releases, they're pretty cheap. They're like ten bucks yeah. at the most, and there's a lot of them that are even cheaper. Yep. And uh, you know, for ten bucks, maybe I'll I'll buy a book and give it a shot. You know, maybe. Well, uh, well I don't the, know. the cool I, thing is, is that I have. Well, the one thing is, I've been buying some books just based upon some people's recommendations and I order them and they get shipped here and I start reading it and it's like, oh my gosh, this is the most boring read I've ever even imagined. This is horrible. And um, and so it, it's like, it, I, I feel like I should read it because I paid money for the stupid thing. And so um, with the iPhone or, or with the Kindle book for the iPhone, I would send these sample chapters down and it, and start reading it. And I love it. It's, a, it's not like a, a sample from somewhere in the book. It's always the first chapter or whatever. And so I start reading it. And, and what I found is like, wow, I'm reading The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris. And I started reading it. And as soon as it says, you're now at the end of chapter one, this is the end of the sample, I immediately said, okay, now how do I buy this thing? Because yeah. I wanted to finish, I wanted to continue reading. And I am like... I am one fourth of the way through this book in just under like two days of reading it. So, That's awesome. And and the uh, one thing that I do real quickly um, is that I set the if you can go in and change the font size and I change it to the biggest font possible. And what I find is that I'm able to actually um, just it, it just puts enough text for me to glance at. And almost see every single word at once, and then just f- with the flick of a thumb, I'm already on the next page, and I'm on the next page, and I'm just browsing through these in no time. 
So it, it's really cool. I, I'm enjoying it. That's awesome. All yeah, right. I, I'm more of a, I have to be honest, I'm more of an Audible fan than, you know, just because it's sort of passive. I can be driving or, or working on something. I, I like audiobooks a little bit more than actually just looking at that screen. That, that makes sense. And, and I can understand that. For me, aud- Audible books, I, I think everybody has a different way of learning. And uh, I, I'm a visual person myself, so I prefer seeing things. And um, the one thing I do, what I found with uh, books is that I like to come across the concept and then I like to just stop and I like to read it again and ponder it and think it. And yeah. when, I, when I was listening to the Tribes audiobook, which I loved, by the way, and I listened to that and I enjoyed listening to the audiobook, but there are so many things that he said that I didn't get to ponder enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's you just can, like a normal book. You can highlight it. Not I mean, not like, well, not highlight, but I mean, you can go back and reference it and stuff like that. Yeah. I think my wife would love a Kindle book. It's a shame they're three hundred and fifty dollars. Well, that's see, that's the thing. I, I, <laughs> to be honest with you, one of the thi- one of the greatest features of this is the fact that in the in the largest, there are a couple. Actually, there are three features that I think make the iPhone, the Kindle for iPhone app, better than the Kindle. Number one, the the largest font size only puts enough on there for me to kind of glance at without being distracted by the other lines of of text yeah so it's it's like consumable bytes of text next screen consumable byte of text next screen and that that has been very helpful for me to just continue to move forward and progress through the book very quickly uh, much faster than I normally read trust me way faster than I normally read the other one is that it, uh, the iPhone's backlit. So at night, I take it to bed and I go into my settings and I turn my brightness on my screen all the way down so I don't like light up the entire room with my iPhone. Mm-hmm. But I don't have to have a reading lamp. I don't have to have the lamp on my nightstand to keep yeah. Stephanie awake. I don't have to have any of that stuff. I've got my backlit iPhone, which is totally awesome. Well, maybe I'll, I'll get a book at some point and, and give it a shot. Yeah, and the, and the last thing, of course, is that Everywhere I go, I've got my iPhone, and so if all of a sudden, just unexpectedly, I've got to wait 25 minutes for something somewhere, I pull out my iPhone, and I can pick up and read, you know, maybe two more chapters of a book. Yeah, that's cool, man. So, And I think it also does color, so if you get, like, comic books or whatever, the, the, the screens are in color, I think, too. Yeah. Too, so. Anyway, well, anyway, folks, that's our show. Chris, thank you once again for another awesome uh, Help I Got a Mac podcast. We'll be back next Monday evening, I believe, right? Uh, I hope so. We certainly hope so. So come and join us, gspn.tv slash live, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And, of course, you can call and leave your feedback, your questions at area code 859-795-4067. You can also email them at feedback at gspn.tv. And, of course, if you're not a Plus member, please consider becoming a Plus member over at gspn.tv. Slash plus. Yes. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.